0: More Important Issues is brought to you by our sponsors, Tennessee Tap House, Hound Dogs, and Blue Water Climate Control. And here's a quick word from our good friends at Blue Water Climate Control always ask, where did we get the name Blue Water Climate Control? When a Navy ship casts off lines, exits the harbor, and loses sight of land, that's Blue Water Sailing. It takes a team of people to do that tireless work, focus, and attention to detail. So much of starting a business is just like that. After it's done, you get filled with deep satisfaction for accomplishing something. And it's quickly followed by, now the real work begins. We're Blue Water Climate Control. Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, ball. Oh. woo I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Tennessee, Tennessee wins. Bought us by Tennessee. Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch. It's the the
1: Five, four, eight, nine, six, we just won a basketball game and
0: we're very happy right now.
1: I made up my mind,
0: and I don't expect to ever look back. I'm gonna stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! What is up, everybody? Welcome into today's episode of More Important Issues. It is a Sunday edition, July eleventh. We've got a special guest on with us, former Vol Pete Durke. He actually has the holds the record and probably will forever. Um, just kind of of circumstances and, and how many how many years he got to play at Tennessee for the most appearances in a ball baseball uniform. We will get him on the show here shortly. We're also going to talk about some MLB pre- draft preview. And Landon's even repping the villain shirt today to to for all the ball baseball talk. We're about there to you do. go, baby. So they hate the us because they the ain't us, right? You said they hate us because they ain't us? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about some more commits. Uh, Tennessee football had a few more this week since we left you on Wednesday. Maybe some more uh, coming here soon. So it's um, plenty going on here. Uh, we'll also talk some football. Talk about some of the games that are happening on uh, on the schedule. Some of the ones to maybe could – what are they? The linchpin game in the season. Talk about those. Um, Kennedy Chandler after a scary injury. <laughs> They do win gold today. We'll discuss some of that as well as some questions and some segments. Drop your questions in the chat. Uh, If you have any for Pete Durke. drop them in here. We'll see if we can uh, get them them going here in just a minute. You have a t-shirt winner, though, before we bring Pete on, right, Landon? I do, actually. Um, Let me get that. So the winner of the baseball shirt is none other than Tommy O'Donnell. Tommy O'Donnell. O'Donnell Congratulations. Rolls. That's right. O'Donnell Rolls. I love it. Uh, to, uh, Tommy, right? Uh, just uh, DM, DM the More Important Issues account, and we'll get that sent out to you. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for getting us to 10,000 followers. Um, obviously, couldn't do the show without you, so we appreciate y'all listening. Um, we are now going to welcome on a special guest. It is Pete Durke, hey, former Vol. Pete, how you doing How's tonight, man?
1: Good. How are you? Doing good.
0: Hey, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time, um, and thank you for, for hopping on. Yeah, Pete, uh, it's it's a great show because we just got the 10K followers. So, you're number nice. 10. So, it's <laughs> it, it just worked out perfectly.
1: Um, exactly.
0: But, yeah, I re- really appreciate you hopping on the show. Appreciate the time. Um, also, appreciate the season, man. That gave Tennessee fans <laughs> a lot to cheer about this season. So, what was that kind of like to be the, the big guys on campus this season?
1: I mean, it was awesome just to kind of see – how everything has changed in my time of being on campus of, we had maybe a couple hundred people sometimes at our games, and that'd be the most. I mean, it was a lot of dress like a seat day. Sure. But uh, <laughs> now, like you look up and it's just completely packed, and just to have that support with everything was just unbelievable. And,
0: so we jo- – Oh, good. Caleb. I, I no, was no, going to say, we joked with uh, – we had Kivit on. Um, right before, I guess, as soon as y'all landed in Omaha, he got on the show right with us. So yeah. he was actually getting um, heckled by um, Everhard to uh, get down and get to the steak dinner. But, um, yeah, he was joking about, like, how long you've actually been at Tennessee, and it feels like you're, <laughs> the, you're the John Fulkerson of this baseball team. Um, <laughs> we were actually still in college when you are when you first started at Tennessee. So sure. how has that journey been just to, to, from – you know, you mentioned the the people at, at the games, just the atmosphere and everything from 2017 to now.
1: I mean, it is a complete uh, 180 from everything. But, uh, I mean, at the beginning, I didn't really know what to expect with everything, just being a freshman. And then going through the years, and especially in 2019 when we started winning some games and stuff, they, the, sta- the stadium got a little more packed. And uh, that was kind of a feeling that, we wanted more of and then with in 2020 before the shutdown you could kind of feel there was a different buzz around everything and we were playing with a little more confidence uh we just kind of believed in ourselves believed in the coaches and we're just going to keep putting in the work to take those next steps and then this year i mean that that (laughs) was unbelievable just the joy it was to go to the field every day what could, could not be matched
0: absolutely what, what was that decision like in your so the season gets shut down in 2020 that's your senior year um the moment you get to hear you come back is it even a question or you're like yeah I'm, I'm doing it
1: one more I'm running it back one more time with this with this team so I mean the the kind of crazy thing is I had my degree so I was kind of thinking I mean maybe if I get picked up I could go do that but It was kind of a win-win for me in my mind because if I got picked up or drafted, then I go fulfill my dream of playing professional baseball. Right. But if not, I get to go back to school and do it all over again. And how it turned out, I I wouldn't have traded that for the world. Yeah, no,
0: it definitely ended up uh, working out great for you all the season you had. I mean, 2020, looking at that, the momentum you all had going into SEC play. Um, unfortunately never got to start it, looked like you all were going to have just a special of a season in 2020 that you did in 2021. Um, what were the kind of mental aspect of that as a team coming into this season? Did you all right, – were you able to kind of ride that momentum or was it kind of frustrating as a team not getting to finish out that season and then you know trying to pretty much accomplish
1: uh, two seasons' worth of it in one season? I mean, I guess it was kind of – I think everybody on our team was just kind of in shock at everything that was happening. And then when we all got back on campus, it felt like we had never left. So we kind of just picked up right where we left off and it was just from how long of a break that we had, we were able to just kind of get right into it because everybody was fresh. We hadn't done anything for the longest period of time in all of our lives. I mean, there's always summer ball and just keep rolling into different seasons. And I had, more of a break than I've ever had probably in my life combined. So, I mean, we just kind of I guess rode that momentum again. And then I don't think there was the pressure or whatever of building the two seasons. We had we knew we were good and we had a lot of people coming back. Mm-hmm. We got like the taste of the whole, like, we know how to win a little bit now and what it's like and the work that we put in to kind of take that next step as a program. And we, we knew, like, we m- were missing Auric and ZD and Crochet, and those were th- three big names. Mm-hmm. But we had enough confidence and just kind of belief in each other that this year was going to be just as special, if not more. And I think it turned out pretty special. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and so you all get to, to Omaha, which is kind of uncharted waters for this Tennessee bo- baseball program since, you know, t- 2005. Um, you know, what was that kind of like getting to that point? And, you know, was – when was it in your mind that, hey, this team can actually make it to Omaha
1: and in their season in Omaha, Nebraska? Uh, Honestly, uh, last – in the COVID year was when I was like, all right, this is probably – because I knew just how much better we were from the regional team and we made it to a regional final that year. And we had just taken those next steps. And then when that shut down and I saw all the people we had coming back and just kind of in the fall, there was a little bit of like a, our, our offense was clicking on all cylinders. And we always I always knew we could pitch. That, that was never a thing. We were always going to play defense. And we were always going to throw strikes and be able to pitch. But I feel like our offense was taking a little bit more of a step in the fall. And then that was when I kind of realized, like, we have something a little bit special here. And then even at the beginning of the year, we we were not playing very good baseball, to be honest with you, just as like a complete hole. But we were just finding ways to win. And just the fact that we kept finding more and more ways to win, I think it brought us uh, together a lot. And going into SEC play, that confidence just kept soaring and then we just kept on rolling.
0: What, yeah, you, you mentioned the confidence, and, and I think that was kind of like the if you was like, "All right, yeah, this is a frustrating law or frustrating win." Yeah, you won. Maybe you had to do it late in the ninth, or um, you know, maybe there were some some situations you had to get out of. What what is that? How did that confidence change when you all started almost taking care of business? Like it seemed like after the um, uh, walk off home run, grand slam, excuse me, uh, it seemed like you guys almost. Cruised through everything. Obviously, it wasn't easy. You faced some great teams in that mix, but the confidence just did just reach new heights
1: and everything kind of fell into place. I mean, yeah. When something like that home run happens, it's I, I still don't know what happened, to be honest with you. <laughs> I just remember sitting in the dugout next to Redmond. I'm sitting there and we're both thinking different things. And I was like, Did I? I came up to him the next day. I was like, Did I say this to you? And he goes, No. So I, was like, okay, well, I thought I said this to you, and stuff like that. But we're, I was just sitting there, and in my head, I was like, "Okay, like if we get to Drew, I, I like our chances. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we're gonna do it." And then I see the ball going there, and I was like, "Oh, we did it! That's pretty cool." And then I couldn't, I couldn't talk the rest of the weekend. I had to have other people talk for me, so that was fun. But we kind of just rode off that because we got over, I guess, the hump of kind of super tensed up and everything, Mm -hmm. and that moment just kind of let us, like, relax and breathe, and then we, like you said, we were kind of just rolling.
0: (laughs) And and does that kind of fit, like, every weekend series? Friday, do you kind of have those tense emotions when you get in? And then it's like, if we can just make one play, get us over that hump, and, like, I mean, you all did. You all had so many great weekend series and even several sweeps. Is it Friday? Is that where you really got to try to get over the hump early and, and everything else kind of feels comfortable?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, you always want to get off to a good start. So Friday night obviously is the most important because you're playing against the best competition right. in the country. And usually, if a guy's throwing on Friday nights, he's going to be pretty good, and he's probably going to pitch at the next level. So you know, right. you got to kind of you got to get them early is how we always think it. Because sometimes with those guys, it takes them a little bit to get going. So when you get it, when you get a shot, you got to you got to take it, right? So you kind of do that, and then you kind of just learn to take some blows, but then also give some back, and just keep going off that. And Friday nights are—you wake up on Saturday, and you're like, "Thank God I don't play at noon. I got a little bit more time because <laughs> they're a little—they're a little draining." But uh, you just kind of—I I guess that's the most important day. But then also, say you win. You got to Saturday becomes the most important day, and you want to win that so you can win the series. But if you lose it, then it, it's all about Sunday. We've <laughs> said that a bunch in our program. Right. It's all about Sunday because you could win the first two, lose Sunday, and then you're like, oh, that's not as not as good a series as you thought because you ended on a loss. Right.
0: So what? What was? Um, I, I know you're a utility guy, <laughs> so you're kind of using a bunch of different positions do you have a preferred position when you came in I know you you played outfield catcher I mean you do it all that's why you're a utility <laughs> guy because they can't give you a, a direct position but do you have a preferred one
1: uh yeah I I like to catch the most I always caught uh since I was nine that was the position that I I loved the most and that's what I came in as as a freshman so I would say that but even just like growing up, I always wanted to play multiple positions because I didn't want to be a one trick pony, I guess. And I liked, ha- ca- like, I liked having different gloves. So I thought that was always cool. So just to kind of have that in the back of, hey, you can go play here now and like we can substitute different people around because you can just go play here. It's all good. But I would say catching is probably my favorite.
0: So how does it happen? How do you bat left and throw right? How does that – growing up, how did how did that work for you? Because I'm confused. I don't know. Like I played baseball all my life, and I can only do – I can only throw right and bat right. I don't know how that works for me.
1: So my dad – my grandpa on my dad's side is the only other left-handed swinging person in my family. So I think I just got that from him. So – because my dad is complete. He right. He does the opposite of me. He writes left-handed, but will throw. It makes no sense. He writes left-handed, throws right, and swings right. I'm like that makes no sense to me. But it's fine. <laughs> Love you, Dad. That's, that's what I'll say. so. So, what hand do you write with? If you got, I mean, you can. Always- I, I, I'm right, and then I just the only thing I do left-handed wise is swing. And the kind of the funny thing is, is uh, the reason I wear number ten is because Chipper Jones is my favorite player. So mm-hmm. when I was nine. I tried to go back to your more conventional way. I taught myself how to switch it because so, okay, cool. I wanted to be more like him. Right. And I stopped doing that when I came on campus in the summer because I got too tired of taking BP right-handed and left-handed. <laughs> and every once in a while, I would be like, man, if I got out right-handed, I should have just hit lefty. So I quit <laughs> doing that. That's a good point. <laughs> so, so I just quit doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just – I. had had always picked up a bat left-handed and done that.
0: Yeah, and you've done it fine left-handed. There's no reason to <laughs> – yeah, you, you, you've done good. It's a, it's a, not a problem. Um, you kind of mentioned, like, how, you know, before Tennessee. So how, how did you get here? Um, like, what was that journey? Um, was tennis – like, where did Tennessee sit on your radar before you actually got onto campus and committed?
1: So the funny thing about it is I had never once thought about Tennessee mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I want to say my sophomore year in high school, I had a, I had a chemistry tutor because I just needed some help in that class. And she was the biggest Tennessee fan. She's like, you need to go there. You need to do this. I was like, because you can't just say I'm going here. Right. Like they have to openly like recruit you and stuff. I was like, I don't know if it's in the bag. Like, well, if they talk to me, yeah, I'll consider it. So I played in this, uh, it's called the Sunbelt, like classic, and mm-hmm. it's in Oklahoma and I played with Team Georgia, and there's Team Tennessee, Team Colorado, a Texas team, and I think it like a team from Canada is there. And we were playing Team Tennessee in the very first game out there, and their recruiting coordinator at the time saw me. Uh, it was off Ryan Rawlison, who went to Ole Miss, and I was in the Rockies organization. And I had like two hits off him, and I got a call that following Monday and said, Hey, come up on a visit. And then stepped on campus, and the rest is history. Nice.
0: <laughs> and it, now, was it like you fell in love the moment you you walked? Also, it's good to know that Tennessee has teachers out there recruiting. So, the movie <laughs> Blind <laughs> Side, like praise that. God for that tutor. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the Blind <laughs> Side, where that tutor's recruiting Michael Ward, that's real. So, that, that's good <laughs> to know um well I think she was recruiting for old Miss but you get it
1: um yeah
0: so did you fall in love immediately when you stepped on how would, how'd that work
1: I mean I was just blown away by everything with all the facilities and everything like that Megan Anderson is the academic advisor and she, she's an angel I wouldn't have been able to finish school like I did without her and she does so much for us and can't thank her enough for everything but uh just the facilities and her and do you, I could tell there was a different, uh, I guess, feel or vibe around this campus and stuff that it was just something I wanted to be a part of. Mm. All right.
0: And that's, you know, what, what do you think, what's that culture shift? Because, I mean, anytime there's a staff change, there's going to be some type of culture shift. What do you think maybe the biggest one or the earliest one was? Like, what did you notice different with Tony Votello and their the staff's approach? Because you did get to go through that change.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, we lost a lot my freshman year, and they kind of brought in a winning mentality of we're not going to keep losing, I guess, and mm-hmm. we're going to put in so much work that even if you do lose, you can kind of rest your head on the pillow and be like, okay, like I gave that my best shot, I guess. But it was just more of like a winning mentality, and it was all about more mental stuff with everything and just confidence in each other and working for each other I guess was the two main things was just putting in an unbelievable amount of work nobody's gonna outwork us and just belief in the guy next to you was two of the bigger things I saw right away and then we've kind of just built it in had some more uh, we had a bunch of really good players come through and they bought into that right away. And the biggest thing is how quickly can they buy in because now we have changed the culture and kind of have, I, I always like put like some hashtags on some pictures I posted of changing the culture. Didn't really know what it meant at first, but mm. with like me, Luke, Redman, Will, like all, all that class before like the 2019 season was, we wanted to change the culture and get it back to post, like, consistently going to the postseason and respect, like have people come in here and they got to give you your best shot to leave with a win. So that that was really what we wanted and just, I I, I, it, it was kind of just weird of how quickly people bought into the belief in the next guy, though, I yeah. think is the biggest thing.
0: I think you saw the, a lot of that with like, you know, that next man mentality with, you know, you saw that with Jackson Greer this season coming in for Pavalone, Um And he had a, a phenomenal year um, during that time where Pavloni was hurt. Kyle Booker also didn't see a ton of playing time, but you saw that next man mentality. Um, and I, I think that, you know, you guys just creating that culture and, you know, implementing it, implementing it um, really helped this team. And, you know, that's, it becomes contagious.
1: Oh, and is, for sure.
0: And is that something that, You know, is that Vitella coming down, that this whole staff coming down, or is that something that y'all did as a group and it just kind of worked?
1: I think it it mainly stemmed from uh, our strength coach, Quentin Everhart. I want want to say that one because just some of the stuff we do with him is just – it's more mental than physical, to be honest with you. And he just – he wanted us to believe that we could be great and stuff like that. We talked about it back in the fall is how like you guys are very talented, but can you be great and stuff like that. So I think it started with him kind of went to the coaches, but then, I mean, once the season kicked around, it, it was on us. And from then on, I think it just stemmed from us believing in each other and knowing that if, if we're working all together and pulling from the same side of the rope, a lot of good things can happen.
0: And uh, I mean, yeah, I think that was kind of the because we've talked with Kiv several times that uh, interesting to how you put it, like the belief in others. I mean, always have that back mentality, but how that can definitely drastically change. And um, you definitely see that. And I think that's kind of been the most fun and kind of why this um, this fan base has rallied around you all. The swagger, you all carry yourself. I mean, lana has got the villain shirt on. People hate Tennessee baseball. It's it's fun being it's fun being hated. Like I love the. I I texted Ross after you all's um, uh the walk off grand slam, and I was like seeing every Vandy fan tweeting how much they hate the the celebration. It is so much. Like I've never I've never watched a Vanderbilt baseball game that they weren't playing Tennessee. I don't care about them. Yeah. So the fact that they care about you all, and so like it's been so like what. How how's that? Uh, I mean, it's it's very unique. The daddy cap was very organic. What's the uh, as far as bat flip situation goes? Who has the best bat flip? Who has the best celebration po- post uh, post
1: home run? Selly? I mean, obviously it's Drew. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has to be Drew, but because he hits him far enough and knows he gets him, so might as well. But I, definitely the best one though the whole entire year was. Uh, Jordan Beck's walk-off home run. I mean, I've never yeah. seen somebody take their shin guard and elbow guard <laughs> off before the ball hits the ground, but he did it, <laughs> and that was pretty cool. But I mean, if you hit a ball that far, I think you should have a little bit of a right to do it. So, yeah, make <laughs> the game fun again. Yeah, I mean, if they if they're gonna do it, because the guy's gonna strike me out and yell "Let's go" in my face, I'm <laughs> if I get one over the fence, I might as well do it back.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, there's no you.
1: repercussion of that, so I'm, I don't I don't see any harm in it. Yeah, no. take your
0: time. Take your time around the base. Did anybody yell heads when uh Drew Gilbert threw that bat against Rye State?
1: I sure hope so. <laughs> <The> real, <laughs> the real heads, He threw the it with no head. regard for anybody. No, the, the true heads-up call was when he about came into the pile and he like slung his helmet and it ended up over at second base and it almost hit like three people before he walked in. So that was the real heads up of the whole play. That's
0: I think Jordan Beck is kind of when y'all kind of got put on like national people's national radar. But you know the Drew Gilbert bat flips, that's when y'all became villains. Like, (laughs) Like nobody wants to see that. But that's what made this team so fun to watch. Like we they just didn't care. And like I don't consider you a villain, you're a pretty nice guy. But like <laughs> Drew and Ru- and Evan Russell, those guys could be considered a villain. I could see them on like a television show being the super supervillain. <laughs> well, someone mentioned it actually. That your uh, your three run homer, three run homer against Mississippi State. Is that right? Uh, in the SEC, any I can't remember. I'm trying to think back bomb. to it. any. Uh, SEC? It was a bomb. Did you, did you get a good bat flip in or a
1: good? I'm trying to remember back to it. And uh, there's no, been a lot of home
0: not. runs between. So
1: no. See, I I've never been able to like kind of do it. The most I'll do is like a little one, and I I kind of do it even if I hit like a single. So, <laughs> but but also I decided to hit it to like one of the deepest parts of the park because I was like, wow, I knew I hit that good. <laughs> I'm still looking at it, and like I'm seeing their center fielder run over, and I was like, no way, he's about to catch that baseball. <laughs> so like I was coming out of the box, I was like, just i'm yelling at the baseball get over the wall <laughs> i see him jump and like i see him spin around and obviously he doesn't have a ball and i was like thank god i can jog now <laughs> you gotta wait for the bat flip
0: on those that's that's true yeah <laughs> yeah so Sven said hey pete i'm still mad about that three-run shot against my bulldogs and hoover that was a great blast so i don't know what your favorite i was gonna ask you what your favorite moment is um But seeing a Mississippi State fan in a chat saying congrats on that bomb (laughs) is pretty cool, too. (laughs) And it it kicks off where you all run-roll them. It just – it really It was just a special day. (laughs) What was that like, run-rolling two teams in the SEC tournament? Did you all like – I mean, going into that, obviously you don't even have that thought. When you all – did you ever even like look back? Have you been like, we run-rolled two teams (laughs) in in a postseason SEC tournament play? Now that – I really hadn't
1: even thought about that until you said it because I just remember we get to – I didn't go I didn't get to go to Hoover my first two years. Mm-hmm. And then we finally got there and then we're one and done. I was like, wow, my time in Hoover was <laughs> about two and a half days long. So I was like, I luckily we had the the buy. So I was like, Well, I'm guaranteed to stay in Hoover longer than I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and then that whole that's deal is a good thing
0: or a bad thing.
1: It's only that one week. Uh, it was a, then, it yeah. was a good thing
0: that year. It was <laughs> a good thing
1: that year. One week out uh, of the year,
0: it's good to be in Hoover and that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. And then, uh, like with the whole deal with the Alabama game, that was just kind of like, how how are we going to respond? Because obviously, it was kind of just a kick in the teeth with everything that happened that game. Mm-hmm. And we knew Mississippi State was a great team and we just wanted to, and we were playing at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. Haven't got up that early since high school travel ball that's, when that's I was, like, like 17. Yeah, it was crazy. But just to do that, like, two days in a row, we were just – I think we had so much fun just kind of like nobody kind of wants to be up right now. Might as well because we're, we we had to get up anyway, so might as well do it. And then we'd go out and do it.
0: Yeah, it, and, it was nice and, to see you
1: do it against Alabama, too. That really just, yeah, Right.
0: Yeah, get, get the I payback, and then you run roll the – you know, now the national championship. That's that's pretty cool. Not a lot of teams can yeah. say that they that's run rule the national championship yeah. team. Um. So, favorite moment. I'll just go there. Was it the through-run bomb, or did you have – do you have another favorite moment? It doesn't have to be – if it's for yourself, Gray, if it's from the team, that's cool too. Um,
1: I mean, it had to be – if i had to i would choose i would choose three okay one was the one-off cops just because of when i hit it i was like i knew i got it so i could take my time right away like not just sprint out of the box i could just jog i wasn't gonna (laughs) pimp one off him we were already down three and he's earned a little bit of that respect with what he did and but just to hear all the people in the stadium at Hoover just kind of yelling as I'm rounding the bases was, that was really cool. The being able to dogpile at Lindsey Nelson with the super regional was, I, I mean, we were up like nine and my heart is racing nervous. Like what is about to happen? And then the guy hammers a ball, Rucker catches it. I was like, Oh my God, we did it. Now it's pleased somebody don't hurt hurt somebody. But that, that moment was just unbelievable because nobody left that stadium for like 30 minutes and yeah. to kind of take that in. But then the, the ovation I got that same game after my last at bat at Lindsay Nelson, that was, that was really cool. But in my head, I had kind of thought about it. I was like, what, what if that happens? What am I going to do? How am I going to react? Stuff like that, but in my head, I hit a double, not a single. So I was like, ah, didn't didn't completely get it true. But that was cool, no. And that standing ovation, I mean,
0: that's we we mentioned it before you hopped on the show. You're you're the uh, you'll be the record holder, I would imagine, for forever. That 225 games appearing in orange. Uh, for you to for you to, to get to go off in that moment in a super regional at home to a, a standing ovation that was that was pretty freaking cool. Not a lot of not a lot of athletes are going to get that opportunity to end their career at any, you know, whether it be professional college anywhere in that kind of moment. So that that was really cool. And uh, yeah. I think we even
1: got to hear from your dad too that day. I think he was on the news and
0: talked about how much yeah. Tennessee meant to you. So.
1: That the funny part about my dad getting interviewed after that game is he had no idea. He thought he was just talking to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and like I think in the video, you can see like my mom just like like this, just like smiling, <laughs> nodding her head to like what he's saying. And she knows like she's be getting filmed or he's getting filmed. And I was like, because I got the notification from like the news site that about like him, whatever he said that day. I was like, you know you're on the news, right? And all over Twitter, he goes, what? And I was like, yeah. My mom goes, the guy that you were talking to was filming you the whole time. He had no idea. And that's that's an in-the-moment guy right there. That's just – Oh, for sure. He, he's just at the game. <laughs>
0: Nothing so else. The dad's dad
1: right there. Yeah. No, he probably was didn't want to look at the guy to let him know that he'd probably been crying the entire game.
0: <laughs> oh, what, what's funny is, like, I actually saw your dad there at the game after the game and he was yeah. emotional so yeah, that oh, was, yeah. He, really, it was really cool to see
1: yeah no that 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 was awesome he he's a little bit of a emotional person but love him to death and he can't help it
0: yeah every dad's got a a soft side I mean my dad just got two new uh puppies and um he got <laughs> bored one day at the house and just drove them around to like little wiener <laughs> girl wiener dogs is just <laughs> riding around Knoxville with two girl wiener dogs and his little Camry. So yeah, every dad's got a soft side and uh yeah. his, his is coming out as you get older that it seems to come out a little bit. Yeah. man. What's what's next for you, man?
1: So hopefully within the next couple days, I get a, a phone call that lets me know I'm still playing baseball. Yeah. So uh as of right now, that's what I'm hoping for and it will probably be a a late Tuesday deal or maybe something after everything's said and done. But, uh, I mean, hopefully that's what works out and what i ideally want to happen. Uh, if not, it's a really good question because, uh, kind of got to figure that out. But, uh, having the two degrees thing, I'll just start using some connections, stuff like that. Go, Get, get me a job. I so, guess. so
0: coaching is not on your radar at all. Or you, do, you? are you sure you don't have another
1: COVID year? Are you positive <laughs> yeah, that? I mean, if <laughs> if I had one, I would use it for sure. Uh, not, see, I don't know about the whole coaching thing. I mean, I'd like to do it in some regard, but also I, it would have to be something I would think about because it would, would definitely be something I would consider doing. But yeah. at the same time, that's a – Another really big commitment that I would have to think uh, of and kind of weigh pros and cons with everything.
0: That's later on down the road. You got plenty of baseball Oh, left. for sure. You, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, um, when Knoxville gets that new stadium, hopefully we get to see you play in it someday.
1: That would be ideal.
0: That would be pretty cool. <laughs> Well, cool, man. Well, Caleb, do you have anything else? I think that's it. And we appreciate you hopping on. We've we enjoyed um, watching you at, at Tennessee and uh, you know, hope to continue following you as well. And um, that, yeah, I mean, that last, this year was special. I know special for you two to get to do it one more time. So we do appreciate your time on today's show, but also uh, what you and, and those guys did in the clubhouse for Tennessee baseball. I'm excited for the future. Um, we've, we've been following it um, pretty much since we've been doing this podcast for what, four and a half years. So right before the, I guess, the, um, you know, the regeneration of the program. And it's, it's been a fun follow with, with you guys and Tony Botello. So thank you all for all you've done. And it's been a blast
1: and we um, really appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys. All right. CP, Pete. Good luck, man. See you guys. Thanks. Yep.
0: That was Vol for Life. Pete Durke, we appreciate him hopping on. He uh, just finished up his actually fifth year at Tennessee. Uh, he got that, or yeah, fifth year, um, got that COVID year. Uh, So, I guess four and a half, really, but all time leader in appearances in orange. And um, we'll see what's next for him. It is the MLB draft tonight. The start. Yeah. The start of it. I don't know how many rounds are there tonight, honestly. So, they do the first round tonight. It's kind of like the NFL. They do the first round tonight. Um, I think they have some comp picks as well. And then they'll do two through 10 tomorrow. Gotcha. And then they will do um, 11 through 20. Um, on Tuesday, and there's just twenty now, right? Yes, just twenty. Yep, they've moved it down, so I'm not gonna hear my name called this year. That's unfortunate. Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> if we get to around like 115, I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> At 20, I'll leave that to the real guys. I want to yeah, like Caleb Mitchell. That's not a, like a hard name. Like <laughs> that's, that's true. Somebody could write that in. Joshua Mitchell feels safer, so maybe we can. There you that. go. Uh, yeah, I feel like with all the how Josh many Mitch. Yeah. That sounds like a baseball name. It does kind of sound like a baseball name. Um, <laughs> how many rounds did there used to be? 115 was obviously an exaggeration. Oh, was it 45? I, I was about to say 45. I feel like I, I, I could sneak not. I feel like I could sneak my name in at 43. Yeah, like you, I, I, you'd never know. Right. <laughs> like I can get my name. 43 for 45. I can squeeze my name in there. So um that that used to be my favorite joke about. MLB draft day. I text my brothers. Do you guys get called today? <laughs> <laughs> Who were they even calling at this point in round 45? Right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the MLB draft because some Vols are uh, – Vol commits, I guess. Vol signies. They're not on campus yet. May never be on campus. Um, some guys, like Pete Durkay, is going to be looking to hear their name called here in the next couple days. Yeah, so you some some guys, you know, you'll probably hear, if you haven't already, um, are you watching it? I'm not. I'm trying to get it pulled up, dude. My I tv to has been – I try to um up too. Um, Connect to the internet. Nice, get that that potato Wi-Fi. I love it. Um, oh, it's wired. That's what I don't understand. Oh, nice. He, he um, was he was taking Brady House is taking number eleven to the Washington Nationals. Okay, that's so, not yeah. So you know he's a guy I thought he'd be a top ten pick. You know, he ended up at eleven. He's not gonna ever step foot on campus. No. Um, and he him and you know you might see Chase Burns name get called tonight you know he probably will be an early um, day two pick Um, but him Ryan Spikes is a another high school athlete out of the state of Georgia Um, middle infielder Seth Stevenson's a juco guy middle infielder he could hear his name called Uh, Dayton Dooney who was at Arizona his freshman year and then went to junior college Um, he's another middle, middle infielder I think he's Second baseman, but a middle infielder. Um, Christian Moore is another middle infielder that could hear his name called uh, maybe later on in the draft. And then Logan Chambers is, a, I think, a third baseman from the junior college ranks. <clears throat> and then uh, you have some Tennessee Balls hoping to hear their name Max Ferguson, Jake Rucker, Chad Dallas, um, Liam Spence, Connor Pavloni, Jackson Leith, Sean Hunley, and then Camden sewell And then you also have Luke Lipsius, uh, Redmond Walsh, Evan Russell, P. Durke. Um, uh, did I mention Chad Dallas? Did I say Chad Dallas? I think you mentioned Chad Dallas. If if you know, it was at least normal, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you have a lot of guys hoping to hear their name, and uh, you know, I think probably the first one off the board will probably be Max Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think, you know, when you see a, a second baseman with the athleticism, the power, um. You know him being able to steal bases, um, you know stretch singles into doubles, doubles into triples. I just think that's going to wow some prospect, some uh, some scouts. So mm-hmm. he's probably the first one taken off the board. But uh, you know Tennessee's kind of it, it's kind of a weird moment. Like you want to see guys taking as high as they can go, but then again right. you don't because you want them back on campus. So. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely just like bittersweet. <laughs> bittersweet. Yeah. Like it's cool to see these guys getting signed, getting signed early because it means big bonuses um but yeah obviously also you want tennessee baseball to be good so it, 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 baseball is just one of those it's kind of a it's got to be difficult to recruit for because it's like yeah you want to go out and recruit the best guys but you've also got to find a balance of like the guys that will actually enroll um, right so, so it's it's not just it's not just the best guys it's also the best guys that will be in school and so right. I, I that's interesting for sure yeah. um anything Can else in the mlb draft you're just going to have a lot of kids that's going to have to make a tough decision. Like even if they hear their name called, they could still end up at Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You know, Chase Burns is one that we've kind of, um, you know, seen lately that, that could maybe end up on campus, but you know, any other year he probably doesn't. Right. Just because like he's, he's rejected like a, he's the number 47 overall prospect. You know, usually when they're that high, they're going, but you know, he recently had a picture on campus with Frank Anderson he is a Tennessee guy from Beach High School up in Hendersonville, so you know maybe he does end up at camp on campus. But Brady House, yeah, see it. Thanks for signing your your national letter yeah. of intent, but <laughs> it's it's gonna be like uh, Mookie Betts. You, he's gonna be a VFL, so cool. there you go. Cool. Um, yeah, but it, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of what. happens um, where guys end up, but Tennessee's losing a lot of their infield. So they'd like to get some of these um, middle infielders, you know, the high school guys, Juco guys on campus for sure. So they're kind of fighting a battle right now to kind of keep guys, but there is that new recruiting pitch. Hey, you can make some money. You saw Drew Gilbert already, um, you know, have a shirt and everything Um have a little deal there. So, you know, maybe that's something they can sell down the road uh, to some of these guys that they could end up drafted. Yeah. And it won't, like we, we mentioned, it won't take, it won't keep the Brady houses, you know, at Tennessee. He's got. Um, it's not a million dollars, like millions of dollars. Uh, I was going to say million, millions of dollars yeah. today. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know when that actually hits the, the, the account, but um soon. But yeah, the, and could make it interesting for baseball. Maybe keep some, some of those uh, guys that go later around. Um, all right, let's talk recruiting. Also, I just turned on the – I didn't turn on the MLB draft because the uh, game three on right now. And, dude, I've seen more flopping in the final 15 seconds of the first quarter than I did all day at the Euro. So, I'm – I'm if you want to say soccer is boring and all that, that's fine. I'll accept <laughs> it. But I'm sick of hearing the, well, they flop and cry. Dude, baseball players – or basketball players do it more than anybody. Like – I'm, so I'm not hearing that anymore. If you want to say it's boring, that's fine. We can, you can just not enjoy the sport. That's okay. That that don't that doesn't bother me. But don't make up crap about it. That's annoying. I wish they would just like, like in basketball, I wish officials just wouldn't call it. If they wouldn't call it, people would do it, right? It's like not even that. Like Ante Tucumbo just had a play there at the end. He tried to draw a foul um, at the buzzer, and, and then like, okay, if you're gonna try and draw a foul, I'm I'm okay with that. If you're gonna like, you know, if it takes you falling on the ground to try and get it, that's fine. But then he gets like bumped into and just flops on the floor, and it's like, no, that you don't get to try and draw a technical. Yeah, that, that's not what we're doing. So it's like that's the stuff that annoys me. Is it like I those are the like real that. villains, right? Yeah, <laughs> like I don't mind like you know Chris Paul who who goes in and like you know he'll bump off a guy and go to the floor. Like you're just playing ball at that point. But he's if you're like, gonna, he's. He's six foot tall, too, so he's kind of <laughs> like he's sick yeah, even <laughs> right. But it, you know, like the guys who just which I mean the soccer players that go down and grab their knee when they go down. No, you don't get to do that. If you want to hit the ground trying to draw a foul, I'm okay with that. But don't flop and crawl. That's the annoying part. right. So All right, uh, more commits for Tennessee. We left you on Wednesday, talked some commitments, but left you on Wednesday and got one more, two more, two more, two more. Yeah, we talked about one that we'd probably get the next day. Um, so Thursday, um, Squirrel White or Squirrel, uh, Squirrel or Aquarius White um, out of Pensacola, Alabama. He's a three-star wide receiver, um, one of the fastest wide receivers in this class. He runs a ten-six-eight hundred meter, 21, 5, 8, 200 meter. That's pretty damn pretty fast. good too. Yeah, pretty damn fast. Um, he's a guy that has a. Um, Good offer list: Alabama, Auburn. If you got an Alabama offer, I mean, I'm cool with it. Georgia, Kentucky, um, Michigan. So he's got Mississippi State, Missouri, Ole Miss. You know, he got a ton of offers. I mean, he got a huge bump in his um, ratings. I think he was around 800 on 247. Now he's like 522nd. Yep. It helps getting um, that 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 commitment in. I think. I mean, I don't know why. It's funny. It's like they move up when they commit. Yeah, it's usually when it's Tennessee, it usually goes the opposite. But yeah, it's nice to see guys getting that that bump up when they commit to Tennessee. Um but yeah, it's Tennessee's first wide receiver commit um in in this 2022 class. And I think they're up to 10 commits right now. Um with the addition of Mo Clipper, who uh they got was that on was that on Friday? Or was that on Thursday too? I think that was on Friday. Um, Mo Clipper committed. He's a three-star offensive tackle from um, Alpharetta, Georgia. Milton High School, one of the best high schools in the state of Georgia. He's also one of the best uh, offensive linemen in the state of Georgia. I think they're in 5A. Um, but also has a offer from Alabama. Offer from Georgia. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's not going to get the – Tennessee doesn't get the pick of the litter right now. Like, yeah, it's just not the way it is. But I think they really like this kid. Um, I think his running back was also on an official visit when he did, um, but they took Dylan Sampson as their um, running back commit, and uh, he ended up coming to Tennessee. But it's good that you're able to still get that offensive lineman. Need a lot of bodies on that offensive line, so uh, you know they add another yeah, one. go flip. <laughs> and then. Some more recruiting news. Walter Nolan. Now we're talking about not yeah, I know. the, the pick of the litter. And I mean, that's the, uh, what do they call like the, uh, I know the, the runt is the one you, you don't want. What is the, the prized of the litter? I, don't know. I, I have no idea. Is there, is there such a thing? Or is maybe there just maybe a I'm just overthinking that. Maybe there's not. Anyway, he would be it. Whatever it is, he would be it. Um, five star, the number three. Number two, arguably the number one player in the country. Right. And uh, number one player in Tennessee got offers from, you know, he could just pick a school at random and um, they're going to have a spot for him. Too. Well, and and he originally did like a top ten a while ago and left Tennessee out, right? Top You're eight. Top eight, okay. Top yeah. eight. Top That's eight left Tennessee out. And then, you know, Tennessee's back in his top five with Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and – It's like MySpace. MySpace needs to – we need to do recruiting profiles that look like MySpace, and the the guys need to go up there and update their like top friends, their top schools. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rip to the MySpace days. Um, Credence asked if we could keep you updated on the MLB draft. Brady House went to the Washington Nationals. Um, that's really the only update right now. Yeah, Mississippi State's uh, Will Bednar just went, I think, fourteenth to the Giants. So, well. Um, little- Right handed pitcher, um, national champions. So there's your update, I guess. The most recent update is Will Benar is going to Mississippi State or going to to the Giants. He's going to San Francisco. Gotcha. Um, You also have Cam Miller, the uh, four star wide receiver from Memphis, is uh, making his college decision tomorrow. So we'll see. Any crystal balls, anything I got for Tennessee? I don't think he had any crystal balls, um, but he has taken a vi- official visit to Tennessee in the month of June. Um, so I would I would say that's – we're the favorite. Um, gotcha. I'm, I'm checking to see if we are or not, but I don't think we have – we were when I last checked. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but he's from Memphis Academy of Health and Sciences. We do have a crystal ball. It just came in. Um from old miss insider david johnson posted it at 6 25 p.m today there you go yeah Chris just said he got a crystal ball today so there you go Moving yeah that's on. gonna be big um you know one of the top water see- one of the top players in the state of tennessee i think that's big to get that um you know, Jerry Mack and, and Cody Burns are in that one. Jerry Mack is, you know, has those Memphis ties. So that's, right, right. that's good to, to see Tennessee's getting back in the the city of Memphis and, and recruiting guys. Yeah, yep. that reminds me. We'll talk after. <laughs> just to remind me Memphis recruiting after. Oh, God, is this going to uh, be bad? It's not bad. It, it, it's just. I don't no. want to talk about it right Okay, now. okay. okay. <laughs> let's keep talking football. McCam um, Miller is going to make his decision oh, at sorry. one Eastern time tomorrow. So, there you go. Edge our seats. Some people are. I. I'm just like. So let's get into the season. I have no real good hopes, and then we'll figure it out from there. I'm sorry. I know it sounds yeah. just so pessimistic, but I'm just. I like, mean, yeah. It, it kind of is what it is. You know, you got to put together as good a, a class as you can yeah. and develop guys when they get here hopefully you win some games and maybe yeah. move the needle with some higher rank guy i mean better players i, I don't know but let's, let's look into this fall we, we do want to talk about what the most important um or the biggest game like most important is kind of how i took it um how i'm using it the most important game this fall um and we talked about we did a little bit of a You know, we we didn't get dive into it, but we did some, like, predictions of, like, where we thought Tennessee could sit last week and um, just discuss where this team is. And that's kind of why I picked my most important uh, game this fall. How did you approach that as far as, like, biggest game this fall? Is it, like, one that you think could turn the season or start the season, or, like, how did you approach it? I'm thinking of more as, like, from, from, like, preseason, what's the game that I circle and, like, we have to win that game. So you're doing like a must, like just a flat, well, I guess you'll explain it too, but is it just like a must win? Like, is that really all you're, you're kind of taking into it? Or Yeah, I think it's a gauge of maybe where Tennessee is really at.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't know if mine's too early, I think, to like fairly say it's a gauge because I think it could I, – I mean, obviously you, you'll see where Tennessee's at in that day, but I, I don't think it could necessarily mean – what it means for the whole season. And so like my most important the biggest game for me this fall, I think it's Pitt. I think Pitt's a really really winnable game. It's obviously early on so set the tone for the season. I don't think if you go and beat Pitt, does that mean you're going to even compete with Florida or beat Missouri or you know go beat Missouri, South Carolina back-to-back weeks. I don't necessarily think it means that. I just think Pitt's a good enough football team that that's a good win. That that's a good that's a good win. You, you're obviously it's another power five team. You get to do it in Neyland. If you beat Pitt in Neyland, I, I think Florida, uh, or sorry, not Florida because it's at Florida, but like South Carolina and Ole Miss, like those are going to be packed houses. Where I think it'll be those games. Like if you go beat Pitt in Neyland, you're competitive with Florida. Um, like it can really kind of. Kind of jumpstart your, your yeah, jumpstart for sure. I mean, obviously, if you do beat Pitt, you have to take care of business with Bowling Green and Tech. Like, you can't go out and lay eggs in those games. And I think Bowling Green's picked to win like two games this season. They're Tennessee terrible. Tech's obviously an FCS team. Um, so like those do play in favor. I don't, I don't think that'll be the case. Cody Branch said if we win against Pitt, he thinks it'll be the best shot, um, against Florida since 2017. He, he just thinks Florida looked like shit against Oklahoma in their bowl game. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't know enough about Florida at this point, honestly, to say. Uh, I, we, I know we'll probably do some game previews here and I'll, I'll learn a little bit more and confidently say it. I just, I, right now, what I know about Tennessee, I'm not even saying Tennessee, this could propel them to beat Florida. Like, I'm not willing to say that. But Tennessee has a chance against Pitt. It, it's the second game of the season. I mentioned it's a power five opponent. Like I said, I think it can kind of tell you where Tennessee's at. I don't think it'll necessarily be the, you know, the. 100% correct answer, but I think it gives you a, a good gauge. And, and I, I mean, if you beat Pitt, now we're talking about realistically being able to win six games. If, if Pitt's a win in there, yeah. Um, I think I would go the, with the same thing. I'll I'll switch it up a little bit just to be different. Um, but yeah, like Pitt, like you should be three and O heading into Florida. If if you beat yeah. if you take care of business against Pitt, should you got to go should. do it? But yeah, you realistically you should be three and O. If you go, if you take care of business against Pitt, um, and I think that helps. It, it is in Neyland Stadium. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen this coaching staff coach in Neyland Stadium, but you know, you, you like your chances at home a lot better than you do on the road, especially with a new staff. And um, see, so yeah, I think I think that helps. And you know, talking about Florida just a little bit. I mean, yeah, they look like crap in their bowl game against Oklahoma, and they also lose their two best players. And that's true um Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask yep. so uh, I mean like that, that at least gives you hope right no, for, I mean losing losing you know I think Trask is a was a good quarterback but losing Pitts is obviously a bigger the biggest loss I mean it's going to be one of the bigger losses in the SEC um, right. in terms of like most valuable player so so would you say Florida is going to be your biggest game is that what no, you're, I'm, you're I'm actually going to say Ole Miss um, Okay, I, I think just because like obviously the Kevin thing I think that's you know, it's going to be a storyline. You know, we it's going to be beat yeah. into the the dirt. But and I, I do like that. I don't. I like that. I don't think it means anything for the staff or team. Like this, this team, this program, so far removed from it. It'll be a storyline because of the fan base, right? Um, but I, I do like if that played into it. I'm like, man, I just that, that's a tough mental hurdle to get over. But this staff and team, they don't give a shit about Lane Kiffin and Tennessee relationship at all. So that gets so far removed. It's going to be a storyline because it's going to be forced on us, but they don't care about him, So that's nice. Right. But, yeah, I I think the way that Ole Miss kind of played last year, and they didn't have a great season by any means, but at least they scored points and made things kind of interesting with some teams they probably shouldn't have. Um, So if Tennessee can go in, it's another game at home. If Tennessee can win that game, I think it, it really kinda sets you up on like a not not even like this like this season for sure, but I think for the future I think it, it will probably set you up because you're like, hey, you know, that team had a new staff, you know, we went and, you know, had an even newer staff and beat them. And, you know, kind of the the offenses are similar, I guess, um, in the style that you run. So I think that that'll be a good gauge to see where where Tennessee's really at. Obviously, Pitt will be a a gauge earlier in the season, but I think for future wise, I think Ole Miss is probably a bigger game and a game that you could win. Um, I think they got a really good quarterback. They do lose Elijah Brown or Elijah Moore. Sorry, I don't want to say Elijah Brown. Um, Elijah Moore, which is probably their best player last year. So uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where how Tennessee fares against a team like Ole Miss. That's you know, offensively. Very similar defensively, probably very similar just because Tennessee's defense is very slim. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not excited necessarily to see that defense. I will go, I'll go one more kind um, of a, a big, a bigger game, a, a very important game, and, and that's Kentucky. I'll um, you're gonna, you're, I think you'll be 0 2 leading up to Kentucky. Um, and then you're going to be 0-1 after Kentucky. So you're staring down three losses in, in um, four weeks because you do get a bye week before Kentucky, and that's why I, I throw it as one of my more important games. Um, so you, you get you get Kentucky on a bye week. You're coming off a you know probably a big loss to Alabama and a hopefully tough loss to Ole Miss. Hopefully you play them tight, like you said, maybe just get outscored in the fourth quarter. Um, and then you're probably going to be by Georgia. Probably beat by Georgia. They're just going to be – leaps and bounds more talented right now. Um so that Kentucky game, Tennessee struggled the last couple of seasons. One twenty one in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen on a um, you know, a goal on stand and and then lost like you did in twenty twenty. So, you know, Kentucky's kind of got a little bit of momentum to him right now in that series and um, as far as talent goes, I, I mean, they're not going to be just way better than 10. It's, it's going to be a very, very winnable game for Tennessee. Um, I don't think it's a guaranteed win by any means, but a very, very winnable game. And where it sits on your schedule, that can really kind of flip the script of, because I mean, if we're being like, I think, I think you will be 0 and 2 going into Kentucky. I think it's possible you could be 1 and 3, God forbid 0 and 4. I, what sucks is like South Carolina has a ton of, um, Momentum on the recruiting trail, but none of that means anything to this year's. And I gotta remind myself of that. So I think Tennessee will be one and three going into Kentucky with losses to Missouri, Ole Miss, and Alabama, and a win over South Carolina. So to get to two and three in that stretch of games, that doesn't sound good, you know, five years ago. But this year, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, Um, I mean, you just kind of got to do what you can with this. I mean, the schedule kind of sets up to where you could, you should go, you should win five or six games. Your schedule um, sets up that way. <laughs> for for <sure>. right. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you have to go do it. But, yeah, the schedule sets up for you pretty nicely. It's not like a, a death row or anything. Yeah, you do have to play Alabama, but that's just something Tennessee's going to have to live with. And um, I think we should want it. I mean, we talked about yeah, – I think Tennessee – first off, I think the SEC just needs to move to a 10-game um, conference schedule with two rotating and one um, – one, Whatever it's called, non routine right. um, because I think the Alabama rivalry is great. I think there's a lot of like, are there some crappy cross division rivalries? Sure, like Texas A&M, South Carolina, that one's stupid. Um, but someone was going to kind of get shafted by that. In fact, I think it, why is it not? Is it Missouri and Arkansas? Is that that crossing? Yeah, I think so. But I mean, I mean, you know, you've got you've got some good ones as far as Georgia and Auburn, um, Florida and LSU, like the, Tennessee and Alabama. Sometimes, um, long long time ago but there's just so many cross good cross division rivalries that I think it I don't think you should go away from those I I don't know I yeah don't know. because like everybody in the west has to play Alabama too so I <laughs> yeah. mean, so yeah. they're going to get beat by Alabama so you know it it is what it is yeah it was a great it's not been a great rivalry for Tennessee nope. in the past what century almost yeah um, we're get, we're creeping up on century it's kind of sad actually say that um yeah let's move on from that <laughs> but we yeah. do have a question about the schedule so i do want to ask yeah. that so uh moody all, alval said uh football game. Alval. it's al surely the domain name was or domain name the, the it's Twitter at, at Val moody we'll just go with that <laughs> it's moody comma alval i just gotta think it's all I think it's. I think they did their Al Moody is the name. Oh, okay, okay. They did yeah. Moody comma Al. I'm with you. All. I I'm think that's you. what. I nice. don't know. Okay, I'm just trying. Um, he's he said football games most likely to win that we are not favored in and lose that we are favored in. So, so repeat that for the first part of that question. Football game most likely to win that we are not favored in.
1: Mm.
0: Most likely to win that we won't be favored in. I've got to think it'll be like either Missouri or Kentucky. And Kentucky's so late in the season, I think we could be favored in that one. I don't think we'll be favored in Missouri. Let me go look at like what – you know, where their team could be, though. Let me glance at their schedule. I I think I'd say Missouri, though. I don't think you'll be favored in it, and I think you've got a pretty good chance of winning as far as just like what you see on paper right now. Yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Kentucky because I just think – it's it's Kentucky number one. Well, and I'm just but I'm just curious if we'll be favored in it though. Yeah, I mean that that could be a possibility, but like going into the season, you're not going. You're if they were to play tomorrow, Tennessee would not be favored in it. No, Yo, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, so that that that's a good point. And if that, if we're just basing it off like right now, yeah, then probably Kentucky. Um, but Missouri plays Central Michigan, Kentucky, Southeastern Missouri State, and Boston College. They'll be three and one, maybe four and zero, when they see Tennessee. Probably looking decent. So, I think they definitely will be favored. So, I'll say Missouri because I'm going to base it off of, like, Yeah, if they're any worse the season, than 3-1-4-0, he'll probably be favored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a good point. It's possible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, also, I just think with Connor Bazelak coming back, that they got um, Tyler Beatty as well. I just think that, that they just seem like at, at a better place than Kentucky. Like, Kentucky's got a new quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think some of their offensive line is gone. Their their best corner who had a pick six is gone. <clears throat> a pick six, that's sad to say. Not the pick six. A. A, a. single one of them that yeah. happened in that game. <laughs> Max Todd said Florida. He thinks Florida's overrated. Ooh, I like it. I, I, will, I will probably agree with the overrated statement, but the key part of the question asked ask is Tennessee has a chance of winning <laughs> <laughs> and so. and it's it's also that same thing where like yeah, Kentucky's going to be favored, but like Tennessee should win, right? Um, <clears throat> Florida, like it, it's kind of that same rivalry where like Tennessee just it's tough to beat. Florida. Yeah, can't get over the hump. Kentucky can't hardly get over the hump with Tennessee. They've won in yeah, we just them last year in 17. seventeen points. Yeah, for them to win at home at, <clears throat> or win in Neyland Stadium. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh I don't know. We'll see that. that, I like that question. Though that was a good one. Any more regarding the schedule or season upcoming? It said and and lose that we are favored in lose that we're favored in. I'm gonna. You know, that's what's funny. So that's a funny question. I would think uh, Kentucky might be one of those where we might be favored (laughs) and could lose. So so that's really funny. Um, But I I think South Carolina. I I don't think you'll be favored Mm -hmm. against Missouri. I doubt you will be against Kentucky. I don't think you'll be favored against Pitt. I mean, I guess there's a chance, but I don't see it happening. It is in Neyland. So if that spreads close, Tennessee might get like a, you know, they might you might see them at like minus three or something like that. Um, but I think it's South Carolina. I think you're going to be favored against South Carolina, and I think there's, I mean, roll the dice, I think, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. With, with, with Missouri, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Kentucky this year, I think you could close your eyes, blindly pick, and the odds don't change for you, in my opinion. Yeah, I was looking at Ole Miss's schedule to see kind of where they would be, but they play Louisville, Austin Peay, Tulane, Alabama, Arkansas. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll probably look good coming they'll, into Tennessee. They'll they'll probably be favored. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it probably is, like you said, South Carolina. And that's a team, like, they were terrible last year. We beat them. Yeah, they we were terrible good. last year and we beat them. Um, we weren't terrible at that point yet, though. We were still we Right, We were rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Um I guess Pitt is probably one too. Yeah, I'm curious to see where, where Tennessee opens there with Pitt, whether Pitt's favorite or Tennessee's favorite. I'm really just not sure. Um yeah, if if Tennessee is favored, I think Pitt would be my number one pick there as far as games that you could lose, but I just don't know where they'll be. We'll we'll see about that when that time comes. I think that that's why I said South Carolina is I think you will be favored in South Carolina. Yeah, um, so that, that's why I said that. But we'll see. What do you think about the thirty-one point spread against Bowling Green? Um, sure, whatever. Are you picking Bowling Green to cover, like, what would you pick right now if you hit, stay away? Cover would, or Bowling Green to cover? I wouldn't touch it. If I was going to touch it, I would take Tennessee to cover. Okay, Bowling Green's terrible. They are terrible. So it's like. I mean, you you're seeing an offense that you probably have limited film on, especially considering you don't have any film on the players playing in it um, in that offense. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm it. probably staying away. It's just that's a lot of points. I'm staying away. I mean, you know, I, I can't wait to bust out. I was telling one of my buddies this week. I, I'm a I'm I'm a pretty good college football gambler. Everything else canceled out. Like not not worth it. I don't watch enough. Like I don't watch enough of it to be good at it. Right. Um, you know, even like uh, I mean, college basketball, I don't think I watch enough of it to be good at it. It's also I, it's got to be the most unpredictable sport in the world. It has to be. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. And then NFL, NFL is just hard, I think, just because the lot or the spreads are so tight. It's not like college football. Um, I do kind of cherry pick college football. But that that's why I'm good at it, because I can cherry pick it. I can't really cherry pick NFL games. The spread's big. I'll I'll put I'll bet against the team and and lose because they will play them close. So the Jacksonville Jaguars decide to go out and beat. Or Miami. Just that's the week they beat New England in <laughs> that year. So so you're you're we're always picking Alabama to cover. I I don't I mean you always you pretty much did that this year. I, I stay away from Alabama. I don't like touching Alabama's. They, Alabama's lines. They want me. some money. They, no, they, Maybe, they, if they're going to do one good thing for me, at least win me some money. Well, if I had known this year they were going to almost, you know, surpass freaking LSU's offensive numbers, yeah, I would have written that out. I just – I didn't have a ton of faith in Mac Jones. I thought he would be uh, – he impressed me this year, I'll say that. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cody actually mentioned real quick before we move on, Cody Branch said he thinks Kiffin gets Saban in year two. I mean, God, Kiffin's going to get Saban here soon he, just because – when you score that many points, it's it's almost just like one mistake away from being in the game and winning the game. So I got a hot take. He's never gonna get Saban. you don't think he's ever gonna get him? No. Okay. Now when you say get, like you you don't think he'll ever beat Saban? No, I don't. Do you think Saban's retiring this year? No. I, I just I like I don't think he'll get him before Saban retires. In however many years. Is. Yeah, I don't think he You can think he dies before. at Alabama? Mm. Is that th- good to say? I think he is <laughs> such good like like healthcare that he probably never dies. They probably just like freeze him every night. He, he or did something. get a new hip. He did get a new hip. Yeah, he's probably just becomes a robot. Yeah, I think he said he got a new hip. I think it was a joke, but I think they were like, "Are you still going to play basketball?" And he's like, "Why do you think I got it? You know, you, you know, he plays basketball like every day. Really? Yeah, like they do. Like you know, coaches. Saban's a yeah. little Hooper." Apparently, a little Hooper is correct. He's shorter than me, I think. <laughs> so yeah, a you, got, you got a little right, yeah. um, but apparently they were like, Are you gonna play basketball." Like, that's why I got a new hit. He's like, "If I didn't play basketball, I wouldn't have had the surgery." There you go. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's funny. Um, I what kind of shoes he wear? You think he's like a Converse guy or like a? Uh- oh, I, no! I bet he wear. I bet. I bet he's got the new LeBrons on. They're Nike, yeah. New LeBrons. There you go. Okay. Or do you think he might wear Jordans? I don't know. I thought he'd be more of like a Kobe guy, too. Uh, he could be. That's a good point. I don't know. His mentality, mentality. Is, his mentality is different than Kobe and Jordan's. He's a he's a LeBron guy for sure. They have the same kind of like crying about things that don't really make sense. Like when Saban cries about the student section leaving against Louisiana Tech, like that's something LeBron would do. Yeah. Like they cry yeah. about the dumbest the dumbest stuff. He could be like a – maybe a Kyrie guy, too. He could be like the, the earth is flat. Kind of guy. Uh, Max said uh, he doesn't think Kiffin gets him either. His best shot was last year with that talent. Ah, but Alabama's talent—that's the thing. That's my only. That's my only thing is Alabama's. I, talent. I will say this: this is probably like new quarterback, young quarterback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. L- losing a Heisman candidate, losing the Heisman, um, losing the wide receivers that you did. Yeah, I mean, this is and- probably the the best season. Yeah. The best shot you got. And I don't think, I don't think like Saban drops off as a coach losing Sark because he's been who he is. But you do lose Sark, a guy who is a good quarterback guy, is a good offense coordinator. You did lose him too. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's move to basketball a little bit. Kenny Chandler, first off on Saturday, had that scary fall. Um, thankfully, thankfully landed on his face and not his neck. <laughs> I mean, close <laughs> yeah. to his neck, but landed on his face. It's, you, Interesting pre- preference, I know, uh, but they are playing a very scary moment. They're playing in Latvia, which is hilarious to me that there's like a World Basketball Championship in Latvia. I don't know. I feel like people say Latvia like it's a made-up country, so it cracks me up that it happened there. But they it did like defeat them on. <laughs> yeah, uh, they did defeat the uh, the France U19 team to win gold. Gold, baby! And Kenny Chandler even played today. Yeah, I think he had seven rebounds, five points in the in the game. So yeah, pretty good outing. I don't think he started. I think he was kind of that sixth man um pretty much the whole tournament. But yeah, good good outing from him. Um kind of filled up the stat sheet a lot. And uh kind of you know, I think he was pretty limited today, but uh you know, I think he was on the floor from that for that last possession and uh ended up you know, getting gold. So uh bring that that gold magic over to, to Knoxville and let's go win us a natty real quick. Hopefully, you know, just please don't have any more of those falls. Because um, that's – every Tennessee fan was just like, oh, my God. Right. No, I mean, I, well, it was funny. How was does like, this happen? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, like – and then you had uh Ronald Acunas, so the Tennessee fans and Braves fans. Yeah. And that was – Dude, Yesterday was know. a rough day for them. I don't even know how it happened. It was such a weird play. Weird. He yeah, like jumped before the warning track. It was right. very strange. It was a very strange play. Um, hey, what happened to uh US losing to Nigeria? Who like I saw the score, but who who didn't play? Who played? Like what happened? They just got beat. They just got like yeah. did they play like their legit starters? Yeah, like Kevin Durant, Kevin uh, Russell Nigeria. Westbrook. Yikes. Dame. Um, who else is on that team? I don't know. Who does not – do you know who, who Nigeria has, though? No. you know I don't think they have, like, anybody that's just like, oh, yeah, that dude. Yeah. They don't have any hoopers. A couple ballers, no hoopers. Yeah, they just – I mean, it's probably a team that's played a lot of basketball together. Maybe. I. Yeah, maybe. Possibly. So, I mean, yeah, what a – you should never, like – Oh, they got Jason Tatum too. I forgot about that. That's probably their best player, honestly. Besides Kevin Durant. Um Bradley Beals on that team. Kevin Love. Um. Yeah, I mean they just, just got beat. That's hilarious. I think that was beat, my yeah. I think that was my fail. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see. Nigeria made 20 of 42 three pointers. Wow. So they were just jacking them up. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, okay. What's your, uh, do you have a, or do we have any more questions? I think we do. We do. And some of these are about baseball. I forgot to get to them, but uh, I'll get to them now. This is Day Long says, will the NIL affect the draft and who might come back next year? I think it's definitely a recruiting pit, a recruiting tool that you can, um, try to get guys to, to come back or, you know, step foot on campus. Right. You know, I think it really helps that Drew Gilbert already has a deal in place. Um, that's something you can really point to and be like, hey, it is possible for baseball players to get that as well. Um, yeah, I think it will be added. I don't know how much weight it really pulls. Um, and so this is just about baseball, or is it a question regarding just any any college athlete? I think they're talking about – because they, like, <clears throat> replied to the show, so I think it's about the MLB draft. Gotcha. I, and I don't – you know – but it could affect like all of them. I mean, I think it'll affect MLB for the guys that don't go very high. Um, I think it'll affect some NFL, you know, maybe those like bubble guys who are probably, yeah, they're on a practice squad, but they're probably not on a, you know, probably not going to be on a team yet. Um, I think, it, you know, and, and it's too, depending on like, what do, what, what do they mean to the campus? Because that's how they make money is, is do people know who they really are at Tennessee. Like, are they, can they profit off their likeness? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it'll be a very, very case by case basis. But I think it'll definitely affect it with with basketball and football too. Yeah, but I'm mean, interested to see if this G League thing starts to take off. Like soon, the G League could be paying a fair amount of money too. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good. Like a lot of those, Jalen Green will probably be a top five draft pick. He was in the G League. He could have went. I think he was looking at Auburn. Um, but yeah, could have went to pretty much anywhere in the country. Dang, Auburn can't pay a hundred thousand dollar salary anymore. What happened? Right. Dang. It's the big ass offer wasn't big enough, <laughs> I guess. Dang, the uh the pandemic really hit some programs hard. Right. Feel them. Feel for feel for those those programs. Yeah. Um, yeah, the planes aren't paying as much. There's there's a little hint for you. Um Big Orange Highball asks, what's the best way to keep Tennessee baseball on a sustained path? We keep Johnny Bartello around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do what the man wants. Uh, you mentioned you tweeted out there's uh, some some kind of construction going on over at Lindsay Nelson right now. Not clear exactly what it is, or do we have clarification? Uh, I don't I don't know exactly what it was. Um, there was there was they were doing some concrete work. I don't know exactly what kind of concrete work. Some found, were doing. foundation work, if you will. Yeah. So, I mean, I like I, I think that. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you can get that left field line done. No, no, I I expect it to be done next. Because, I mean, they they did the the right field. You know, they did that whole uh, deck in a year. So, yeah, I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Hopefully that's what they're doing. Um, But, yeah, I don't know for sure, but that would be my guess. But, yeah, like going back to the question, yeah, it's keeping Tony Vitello, it's keeping, you know, being able to pay some of the staff more money get them some raises. You know, we had Pete, you know, mention strength and conditioning coach Everhart. You know, he's a guy that had a lot of, I think that Vitello said that, he had a lot of opportunities to go elsewhere, be in the major leagues, and uh, decided to stay at Tennessee. So, yeah, you're going to have to pay him, Frank Anderson, Josh Elander. You want to get those guys some money um, and keep them r- – around to uh, keep this, you know, train rolling. And uh, also you just got to keep recruiting. Um, You know, it's it's kind of a tough situation. You know, it's going to be a big draft year for Tennessee. They're going to lose quite a bit in their lineup. But, yeah, you just got to reload. That's what the best teams in the country do in football and and baseball. That's what Vanderbilt does every year. So Tennessee's going to have to do that every year. You know, you're not going to get – a ton of those four-year guys. You're not going to get five-year guys, hopefully, anymore. Um, Hopefully, we don't have another pandemic. But, yeah, it's going to be very rare that you get some of those guys, um, you know, when you're recruiting the best guys in the country. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee's done – Tony Votelo's done a great job of getting this program in a good spot, and guys want to be here, and that's important. So, just – I mean, he doesn't need to do anything different, that's for sure. Yeah, just keep it rolling, baby. Yep, I wish they had Kiv though. Correct. It's <laughs> unfortunate. Hey, that's that's what Tennessee needs to do. Somehow figure out how to get the paid third assistant. Yeah, that, that's a, that's the only thing left to accomplish. Can they use their name, image, likeness? Well, I would think they always could have. Fun. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good like, question. Can we just say a camp and we just do a freaking big ass fundraiser to to pay this <laughs> yeah. assistant? But we should do. Yeah sure. For sure. Um, You got anything else? That's all the that, questions I got. Okay, that, that's it as far as um, other than most important of the week. What do you got for me? Most important. I can kick this one off. 14-year-old, I don't know how to say her name, Zelia Avant-Gard. She won the Scripps National Spelling Bee this week, and that girl is a hooper. Dude, I'm sorry, but I She's love the way you trooper. said that name because it sounded like a principal at graduation. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's like what you it said, was. or yeah. or
0: whoever does it. Yeah, you it's sound like announcing that. her. Yeah. What, what's the language of origin? <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with uh, it, probably several, actually, because it is an <laughs> hyphenated name. So we're probably probably dueling this one. Um But yeah, if you told me to spell that, I, I would first time I'd never nail her name, and then I can't imagine the words she spelled that I have no clue. And the girl could beat me on the basketball court. So there you go. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, dude, her her highlight tape is very good. I, I don't know if I don't know if um. You know, she has some spelling highlights? She might. They-, they they should toss those in together. It should be like. <laughs> I don't know, like Aliyu. Like, yeah, you Yeah, know, I get like, a full ride <laughs> basketball and yeah. academic scholarship. That dude it I a lot of those kids aren't doing multiple things um that win those. They're they're usually pretty focused, like singularly focused on academics or um but I, so have you seen her highlight yet? I did see some of it, yeah. She just um, looks way more athletic than any of the girls out there, and she's probably like the the best trash talker out there. Because oh, is she like, running she her knows, mouth? She oh, knows she just every, knows all the words. All the yeah, words. she knows every word. Yeah, <laughs> all, exactly. all of
1: them. <laughs> They're so confused. Like, what did she? There, do so there's there's nothing worse.
0: There's and I'm stupid, so this happens to me often. There's nothing worse than getting insulted and not understanding the insult.
1: You're like, like I know that was supposed
0: to be me, and I just don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I got to figure this one out and then be sad about it. So yeah, let me know, Google moment. that real quick. Oh, yeah. you asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, And it feels also, you know, not that it happens often from my end, but to insult someone and they don't get it, For that sure. feels good. That yeah. That's like I get how people have egos about that. My ego swells up when that happens. And they're like, I don't even know what that means. I'm like, yeah, because you're that stupid. Yeah. It's the best. Uh, you got any any most importance? Um, I know I got some fails for sure. Um, Oh, um, Daniel Camarena. Hopefully I, I don't. Camarina? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. He, um, was a, uh, triple a player got called up for the, uh, Padres and he got his first career hit. It was a grand slam off Max Scherzer. And he was a pitcher. So it was his first career game. He was pitching. Okay. Wow. Well, hit a, so. hit a grand slam against Max Scherzer, probably the best pitcher in the main. Yeah, league. is Shohei Otani? Is he changing the game? I you mean know he's, you know he's doing the home run derby? And pitching. Yeah, that that dude's a freak. I mean, I love it. To pick him as MVP is like minus 750. Like, it's oh stupid. It's not even worth putting any money on. <laughs> yeah. That. Actually, I think it's like minus 200. I think 750 is um, DeGrom to win the Scion. Gotcha. Uh, I've got one more most important. Um, some dude Cameron on Twitter tweeted from, so this was tweeted in 2013 and he tweeted it, I guess as Twitter for BlackBerry. So like, that's how old this tweet is. Nice. Um, he tweeted England. So February 22nd, 2013 Eng- England, just lost the Euro 2020 final against Italy on a penalty shootout. Nothing has changed then. Tweeted that in 2013. Do you think time travels do, real, man? Do you, well, here's my question. Do you think he knew, the Euro 2020 took place in 2021. Is he like, maybe, maybe it was his fault. Maybe like he knew, he didn't want people to know he's a time traveler. So he had to go do something. He created COVID. To get Euro 2020 to Euro 2021. Man. Yeah. That was That's a lot of sad. effort on his part though. So, But Talks smart. Him. People yeah, would have yeah. definitely caught him. Right. Yeah. Now, now no, I mean, no one, no one, everyone thinks he just got lucky because right he didn't really wow. get it right. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that's I was mind blown. Um. Yeah, that insane. This one I don't know if it's a fail or a most important. So I'm gonna get in the middle. This one's pretty Whoa, crazy. Tom traveler just commented on our on our show. Did you see it? <laughs> What? what is going on we're dude? living in a simulation we're living in a simulation operation shock and all starting soon go big orange i hope you're right Tom traveler wait a minute tell us what tell us how 2021 finishes while you're here where are we sitting in december yeah big, uh, or big girl Actually, sorry. do we want to know <laughs> that's my first question uh, kind of so i know whether to even care or not <laughs> i would like to know um so this one, not sure if it's most important or crazy, the video – or most important or fail, it's crazy. Have you seen the video of the fan apparently just hammered, walk up and take a club out of Rory McIlroy's bag while he's, like, standing over it? No, that's awesome. He just comes and takes it out. He's about to hit a ball until security walks up. It's not Like, it's the weirdest video ever. It's one of those, like, you know, especially when we were young and we did, like, stupid stuff. It was like we just said – we would always be like, hey, just act like you, you belong here. And mm-hmm. no one will say – it's like that. Like he just acted like he knew what he was doing. And Roy McIlroy is like – he knows the guy's not supposed to be doing that. But he's like, is he? I, he seems confident. I don't know. I mean, I, that's part of the game. You got to have confidence. If you're if you're freaking out about it, yeah, you're probably going to get caught. You're going to get questioned, you're going to get caught. So, yeah, I don't know. Most important fail, you decide. But it, it, I'll send you the video because it's just hilarious to see everyone's reactions. Yeah. Um, my next one is, or my fail, Jose Altuve. He said um, he's not playing in the All-Star game, and he said, I really want to thank everybody that voted for me, that believes in me. I really need these four days. I'm putting my team first because I really think we have a chance to win this year. Are they cheating? Their, again? Th- their team doesn't play in All-Star weekends. So I'm not sure what he's missing.
1: Maybe, I mean,
0: I would assume he means rest, but still, yeah. But um, there, is, there is a, there, there a kind of counter to this. So somebody quote tweeted it. This is a most important. He said, translation, I don't want to be in a clubhouse with guys who hate my guts and might dunk me in a toilet. That's smart. That's a good move <laughs> by Jose Altuve. Did you see him rip <laughs> off his shirt after his walk-off home run? Shut up, no. They ripped off his shirt and he didn't care. Someone tweeted, they were like, I thought his wife didn't like that. <laughs> You know, because he went and ran in the dugout right. when they did it the last time. He yeah. had a walk off against the Yankees, by the way, Landon. I'm sorry. I know. I saw okay. it. That all right, all right. was sorry. so dumb. I just wanted to mention that. So. They scored like six runs in the ninth. So banging, just banging, trash. banging trash cans. Just trash. Um I've got one more fail. I just read this. I thought it was funny. Um brown trout can become a Discount as a fail. Oh god, dude. What is going on? Is that that's the same dude who did that TikTok I you, right? Is it? I think it is. What's, it, what's that dude's name? I don't know. This is. A, I think um, they were just hating unnecessary on that roughness. Guy. Like, what is wrong with him? Uh, I don't know. I would not. <laughs> Obviously, him. there's that. There's that. Uh, hopefully, that kills South Carolina's momentum in recruiting. I'll say that though. The way he's standing is the assumption I make when anybody rolls up their game jersey like that. That's what I assume they act like. That's what I assume they are. That guy. Like, I hate that look. I think it looks so just bad. Yeah, it does. I think it looks terrible. It's one thing to do it in practice games. That looks it's terrible. it's also like like people grab you and, like, scratch. Like, there's there's nothing comfortable about that. Well, I, I don't know. It's just, like, a weird thing. You're like, I don't know. It It's weird. That, I'll yeah. just leave it at that. It's very weird. Um, so this fail is from tw- CNN tweeted this. They tweeted, Brown Trout can become addicted to the illegal drug Methamphetamine, when it accumulates in waterways, according to your research, are these drugs are these are these fish just doing meth. God, I hope so. <laughs> just, what if you caught a fish on meth? What would that be like? Oh, dude, it'd be the fight of your life. I bet. I bet. Uh, Tom Traveler said ten and two per JCO. So, ten and two this year. Landon, you heard it first from Tom Traveler on more important issues. No, uh. Is he talking about the way that is going to be holding the steering wheel when he drops the car off the cliff mm. at 10-2? Okay. Or, or probably just me. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I've been looking for a good cliff for November. <laughs> so. Um, I guess that's kind of it. I mean, I guess we could do Conor McGregor's ankle. God, that pissed me off, dude. That was a good first round. A lot of people – Lot, some people were saying Connor Rare kicked his ass. Some people were saying Justin Poirier kicked his ass. I didn't think he either kicked their ass. I thought it was a pretty you know, I thought Poirier probably got the better of him. But yeah, Poirier was definitely winning that round. But not by like a long shot. He was, you know, probably ahead just a few. And like, I mean, I thought they exchanged good punches and I thought Connor put himself in a bad situation, but still was able to at least make some stuff happen. Um, so I thought it was I, I thought it was a really good fight and it sucked the way it ended. Yeah. It was kind of like the Anderson Silva fight yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, and it's so weird that it happened right after the kind of the bell rang. Well, the you no, know, the footbreak happened right before Poirier got on him, at, and then he was saved by the bell. Because I thought, oh yeah, that collapsed when he that's collapsed. Correct. I thought he was screwed. Yeah, that's like right. I was like you. I was like get, you. You just got to last. I think it was ten seconds. I was like, just yeah. hang in there for ten seconds. And uh yeah, um, couldn't walk. Yeah, he couldn't do anything, and and then the doctor called, which I was like, "That's funny that it because it technically didn't end in round one, but everyone got everyone won the bet that did TKO in round one." Yeah, so but I was like, that fight didn't technically end in round one. Conor McGregor made it past the first round, and then it got stopped due to doctor, right, a, a doctor stoppage or whatever they call it. So, um, yeah, I picked Dustin. I just you know, I just, Conor McGregor doesn't have a great um kind of record since he fought Floyd. So it kind of makes me think he might be just collecting checks. I don't think that, but. Well, that's what's funny. Like, I I mean, you know, a lot of people want to act like, I mean, that break, it wasn't a dive or anything. No. He didn't didn't take himself out of the fight. Right. Um, I mean, that leg was shattered. Yeah, but that's why I picked. I just think Dustin is, uh, he's insane. Yeah. I should have picked Poirier. I I did pick. And when it went to the ground, I was like, ooh, this might be it. Yeah. You thought Connor? Well, did you think the guillotine was going to win it, or did you think? No, because uh, if, if I thought if Connor was going to win, he's going to have to knock his ass out because yeah. he's got long arms. Um, but when but he, he got, got that first guillotine, I thought he had him. Well, I mean that was ballsy on Connor because yeah. you know Connor's not great on the ground, right? Um, so going for a guillotine, yeah, he was like just trying to end it. Well, I thought he had that first one. I thought he got him. The second one wasn't as good. He didn't have a good hold. No, yeah. but the first one I thought. Oh, like I would. Yeah, he, he did put himself in a bad position when. Well, you know, I'm with you. I didn't think Connor would win it on the ground, and then he got him in that, and I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is this is gonna happen?" Yeah, yeah he, he was. I feel like you try to pull that like late in the round. Yeah, you know, he's not able to stay on top of you for two minutes and just pound your brains in like he did. Yeah. Um See, <laughs> so yeah, maybe that was bad on his part, but yeah, it. I like the UFC. Yeah, I'm so glad there's so many free. <laughs> live streams. I know they try to shut all of them down, but yeah, um, I went over to somebody who bought it last night. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never pay for, I, I mean, I never even paid for like, you remember when Tennessee games were on pay-per-view? Yeah. Didn't pay for that crap. Ooh, fell on Greg Hardy. Just getting freaking wrecked. Yeah. I need to. I haven't, well, uh, you haven't seen him get knocked out. I have, I had a draft saved. I need to see if I tweeted, or I was going to tweet it. Now, also, that was funny. I had a tweet pulled up and I was like, what a first freaking round. Like, what are the next four rounds going to be like? And then oh, yeah. I was like about to hit send <laughs> and breaks his leg. Uh, love it. All right, guys, that's all I've got. Thank you all for uh, – oh, Credence uh, wants to know, time Traveler, if we get Walter Nolan. So <laughs> uh, answer that answer that one as we get out of here, guys. It's been fun. Uh, we appreciate Pete Durkee hopping on. Um, good luck in the next step in his career, whatever it may be baseball or not, and um, go Vols. We'll see you guys back here on Wednesday. Yeah, go balls. Hopefully we're talking about a, another commitment, and um, you know maybe some balls are coming back. We'll have a lot more baseball news probably in the next coming weeks um, once this draft has concluded. Um, and that's what's interesting. We may know some guys, but I don't think we'll know everybody by Wednesday, just because there'll be some other things to consider. Uh, Altec right. Combo just stepped on somebody, going up for a layup. Nice. How many I uh, how many oh, rebounds in. does Jake have? That's what I need to know. I don't. I don't see the stats right now. I'm... Um. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Obviously, Tommy O'Donnell, you won the shirt. Yeah. Send us a message. Well, we'll Donald get that rules. to rules. <laughs> Don rules. Um. I also tweet that on Twitter.